This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast where two friends talk about cars and also beavers. I, you know, I, I forgot to sing to you last week, and it's really peed me off that I totally forgot. You've, I, 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 I was going, I was going to, I was going to sing, I was going to sing it, and I was going to try and f- find a, a, a tambourine, and I, and I, found, I couldn't find a tambourine, and I think that's what threw me, because I thought, oh bollocks, I got. What, what you mean when we were filming? Well, both when we were filming, um, driving around London in the in, in the in the suits and the Defender, and also then when we did the podcast afterwards, I was thinking, oh, I should have, I was going to say it then, and then I forgot again because I'm such a meat whistle, I just completely forgot. So, but you did send me a message and say, "Have you got a tambourine?" Yeah. Well, I, I just thought you and might. I, I might just, have one. I think I ignored it because it's, you just uh, thought, no, oh, no. I've got but actually. I've, I've got maracas. Do you mind if I now you've go reminded get... me of that? What's that song? My lover in the morning. He's got a tambourine. <laughs> that one. That's cool. free from free, free from. Yeah, it's free. It, it's it's always those aisles in the supermarkets just say free from. So oh, that's, yeah. she she's employed to sing in those aisles these days. Uh, yeah. free free from desire. No, Who it's all right. Gala. Would it Gala. Gala. Yeah, swimming Yeah, three to three and ten. Um, yeah. Do you mind if I just run and get some maracas, Rich? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. What were you going to sing? I was going to sing from rush hour with love I give to you. What? Why do you need a tambourine for that? Because it has that little from rush hour. With lunch. Oh, I see. I, it's in, it's 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 important. It's quite element. subtle. It, it, yeah. Can I yeah. go and do it? Can I go? And get no. It? Oh. We're breaching copyright as it is. I mean, no, we're not. This is well. No hmm. one's ever going to relate that song to the real song. No, I mean the YouTube algorithm that, that matches sound waves or whatever it does is probably not going to spot it. But you know, screw, even so, screw you, algorithm. Uh, bloody algorithm! Algorithm! The algorithm! You know, we I, I whacked an air raid siren sound on the end of a podcast a few weeks, months ago, and yeah. um, it picked up on that because what? It's the same generic air raid siren sound file that was used on the top of um, I can't remember Spear of Destiny song. I think it was and Spear of Destiny. Stop ripping off Spear of Destiny! I'm not ripping off Spear of Destiny. I mean. Let's argue that Spirit of Destiny were ripping off Mr. Air Raid Siren, whoever that was. I was going to say, well, it was called, it wasn't it? it there was a name of the, 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 the company that made the traditional Air Raid Siren. It's not it's, it's not called Anderson, that's the shelter. It's someone yeah. else. I, he made lovely um, shelters. I, I, st- I still actually want to know what the name of the siren is at the end of the ghost train ride. And it's often in. Pits, pit lanes, uh, uh, racetracks. Yes, it is. And I don't know the name of that siren. It's really annoyed me because I'd like to buy one, but I don't know what it's called, so therefore I can't buy it. 
that's really weird. I've just had a sort of Christian uh, rush of being back at, uh, at Le Mans or somewhere, and that siren that goes off to warn you there's a car coming down the pit lane. Is... Do you think it is? It must be the same one. It's same... a ghost train. It's a ghost train. But who had it, it first? I don't know. That would be. What is it going to be? Is it an ongoing feud that we're going to unlock of of funfair operators? versus pit lane um, clerks of the course so I don't know who just goes because I still couldn't get past that thing you pointed out the other week with the Fiat 500e that I had on test that the the little shutdown tone that the dashboard plays to you oh it's the creepy funfair music it's the creepy funfair and it started to, <laughs> started to really <laughs> weird me out <laughs> oh it's yeah I constantly look behind me to find a, 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 a clown with blood all over its face chasing me with the meat cleaver. Oh, so, hey, guys, hey, guy, hey. Um, since, and somebody asked specifically about this, last week we recorded uh, the show in that Hyundai Ionic 5 that I had on test, and somebody yeah. went, oh, I wanted you to talk more about that car. And the truth was, when we were sitting in it, it had just arrived, and so... Well, you just I watched my really video thought. review of it when it first well, came Well, exactly, out. yeah, you, which is one of your... You is know? that one of your best-selling, best-viewed videos? It's just one of my best-viewed videos, yeah. Yeah, which it, is, it did really well for me. People are interested in that car. I think I agree with you as well. I wasn't sure at first that maybe... I know you absolutely adored it and that... Yes. I, I, so the one that I borrowed is silver, and it does look good, like, like, like the one that you drove, in fact, and that sort of seems to be the colour that they're pushing you know as a sort of when they launch a car they usually pick one color don't they and that's the sort of official launch color that they they do a lot of the photos in all that malarkey yes but just before the one i borrowed arrived i saw a black one and it looked bloody awful it doesn't work at all in black because those arch extensions and things suddenly look incredibly cheap because they're still sort of silvery gray yeah, and all of the trimmings in the lower bumper and the arches and everything—it—it—it it, it just looks cack on a black car. And I was thinking, God, you know, what car looks bad in black? It's usually very flattering to almost anything. It's a shame because normally you can do no wrong um, by getting a black car, apart from the fact yeah. that obviously you have to wash it twice as often. But yeah, they are really—it's a strong colour, but it just makes the plastic look a bit cheaper, does it? Yeah, it, it was. I was quite shocked at how. Like it sort of almost looks unfinished, or it looks like someone has had a go at home, going, "Do you know what? I think it's a bit boring. This black car. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rattle can my arches in silver. I think that'll look good." And, and haven't quite got the distance of the spray from the surface. Oh no, it's evenly. <laughs> you know what I mean, don't you? It's all spotty. Yeah, ghetto yeah, door repairs. Bullseyes on it. It's like that. So anyway, the one that I borrowed was silver, and it does look good. And I was really surprised at how much attention that car gets. Because I it's mean, an because it's an incredible design. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. I was sceptical, and the black one had sort of knocked me back a bit. Where I'd gone, is it though, or is it just all a bit gimmicky? But I no, have to admit, I've warmed to it, and I think it it draws a crowd. Sometimes, literally. I had a car last week that drew a big crowd, also mm. electric, actually. Um, and I've and I've just had it back to back with another of Audi's products. So I had the RS e-tron GT. Yes, I'd driven the non-RS, and I did a video on that when it first was launched. But the mm. never got to, to to have any seat time. Oh yeah, man, some seat time in the RS. And I thought, oh, I wonder if it's going to be exciting and good. Mm. 
Hmm. And 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 it is to the oh, point. Is it? Yeah, to the point where it has such presence that car. It was in the tactical green. I don't know if listeners are familiar with this color, but Audi do do a good green. They do. They like their their palette of greens is good. Yeah, they've got this, um, Sonoma green or whatever it's called for the RS cars, and this one, the tactical green. It's in a high sunlight. It it looks vivid, and on a dull day, it looks very kind of military surplus, but in a cool way. Is it honestly sort called of tactical green? Tactical green, yes. Yeah, not like a tactical wee or whatever you always say. <laughs> no. Is it tactical wee? What, what, tactical chunder is tactical, another one. Tactical, <laughs> yes, yeah, just If you feel like you... Anyway, yes. Um, that's interesting. That, hang I'm on, is that, that Vor, is that Vorsprung lurch technique? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, feel, I'm feeling a bit ropey right now. Rich has just racked up, racked up the blue wickets. Before I go back to the bar, I think I'm just going to I'm gonna lurch into a bin, wipe my chin, and then I'll walk back in like nothing's yeah. ever happened. Brilliant. Job Come done. Come on, the, the taxi's going to be here in two minutes. Oh, shit. I'm just going to go for a Vorsprung Dirk tech piss. <laughs> tech. Tactical piss. Tact- followed by a Vorsprung tactics. lurch technique. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, well, anyway, yes. the reason why I'm telling you this is because two things. I had to go on a, a camping weekend um, with my kids um, for their birthday, so I was ferrying other people's kids about. The oh. RS e-tron GT drew such a crowd, so many admiring glances, so many people wanted to talk about it. And when I parked it and walked away from it, I realised it does have killer presence. There's something about that car, and I know it's got a, a very shallow but deep boot, so it's a very odd-shaped boot, and I know this because I had to fill it full of camping gear. Mm. However, it's exciting, and it looks great. I get from that straight into the current RS6, the Avant, mm. obviously, and I was, I, I have been disappointed. And people say to me, oh, electric cars cost so much money. Well, you know what? They're probably not that far away from one another, these two cars, when by the time you've thrown some silly Audi-based options in, in the pot. Well, yes. Now, also, Audi press cars often come quite heavily loaded, don't they? Yeah, like they do 40 like grand loaded. They do like a box before they... Yeah. So, yeah. how much was the RS6 that you borrowed? I've got it on an email. Because um, I'm going to guess... Just I'll take a punt that it was something a bit, a bit strident, like a hundred and thirty grand or something. If it was, then my 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 situation is is null and void. Hang on. Oh well, because what's the, the Etron RS? Is that? Hang on. Here we go. Press press fleet car Quattro. Here we go. So it is. Oh gosh, yeah, bobbins. <laughs> go on. What? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money. It's one hundred thirty-four, five hundred. Oh, wow! That's really For that is that has whipped my ass. Mother of Jesus! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's. I mean, I know okay, they're so nice, than, but it's, it's titting hell, you could have a lot of cars for one hundred thirty-five grand. Couldn't yeah, you? Like, gosh, yeah, really? that is a lot. Okay, that's really killed me. I'm gonna go for a lie down. Jackson, that's. I a, have to say though, I like the fact that it, it came, some of the options. It came with the smokers package, which is obviously just a plastic pot, which I put straight into the glove box because mm-hmm. I didn't need it. It's sixty pounds, mm-hmm. sixty pounds, mm-hmm. and there's an air quality package for two hundred and forty pounds. I've just got which to is, check which 
what is the what? air quality is that the the sunroof it does uh, it did have an opening sunroof maybe it just comes with some really high quality air in it when it arrives is it that you you simply it forbids I got this guffing. from a mountain mate oh i've opened yeah. the door and let it out what an idiot is that what it is or you know there's all that there's been that shortage of carbon dioxide recently um, yeah it's the total opposite of that do they just pump high-end oxygen through the vents yeah. a bit like when citroen started putting air f- um, fresheners yes. diffusers into the cabin yes. does audi just throw oxygen in there then you get a real bit of, you get high on life and you think that it's way better than it really is you go to those health spas where they have oxygen bars don't you so it could be i've never done one that. i've never done one no, nor have I. I'd really like to. I'd like to have a proper belly full of. Um, I'd like to fill my bags with oxygen and then do a podcast. That's Just see if be- it makes a difference. Lungs, not belly. bags. All right, bags. Fill my bags. Bags, bags. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is just a moot point because my daughter, who's four, is currently disputing how the human body works. Who's four? She told me, <laughs> yeah, she told me yesterday she ate some sausages and then she turned them into we. And I had to say, no, 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 the sausages will be turned into poo. And she said, no, we. I was like, no, that's not how it works. The, the water that you drank, that would turn into we. No, sausages. Also. And so it went on. And I was like, I, and I remembered I had this brilliant book as a kid that was sort of how the human body works. And I, I, I obviously it, it was long gone because I wished I could just go, look here in cartoon form, how poo's made. So I might have to buy one of those. But um, oh gosh! So how much was the now? Is well, it this, I see, e-tron RS RS e-tron? That car feels like it's got a a, a sort of a, a soup of words and letters, and I'm not it sure is, which order. It, well, I used to get it wrong. It in. is RS at the front, so it's RS e-tron GT Quattro. Right, but okay. they're all Quattro, so you, yeah. you sort of ignore that. So it's the yeah. RS e-tron GT, whereas the other ones the e-tron GT. Um, I like the fact that it says on the road costs include half a tank of fuel, and you go, "What? So we're only going to half charge it?" <laughs> well, I'm not sure that's relevant in this instance. Um, but yeah, let me get the. Uh, sorry, listeners, I wasn't expecting. Still to- reeling about that RS six being 135 grand. Do you, does it say on your? Cheat no, that sheet was that's what? the RS. That's the RS. Um, the what? GT. Wait, hang on. Which was 135 grand? The RS uh, G, e-tron GT, oh, the, the electric one. I'm about is one hundred and thirty-five grand. It's one hundred and thirty-five with the options that that particular car has got. Okay, what's the base? How price? much is the? It doesn't say. I think it's a oh. hundred and. It's not it's quite, a lot less than that. Yeah, it's, it's quite spicy, isn't it? It's one hundred and twenty. I think it's a massive jump on from the normal e-tron GT, mm. and I'm not sure it's worth it. But okay, so that's only because it's a lot of money, like a lot, a I, lot. I thought you meant the RS6 was 135 grand, so that's not. How much is the RS6? Okay, before I give you the price of the RS6, uh, bearing mm-hmm. in mind it is grey, because of course it's Nardo grey, mm. um, how much is the panoramic glass sunroof on on that car? It's on a an good, RS6? Yeah, it's a good sunroof, and you can open the blinds at the back separately to the front, which I do like. That's do always like that. good. Yeah, It's always yeah, good, yeah. yeah. And I got driven to... Have my have a CPR test in it this morning by my wife, who seems incapable of modulating the throttle and the brakes. <laughs> so I felt really quite travel sick in the back of it, and I don't get travel sick. So, how much is the glass just the sunroof? sunroof. The su- I'm going to say if because it sounds like it's a swishy one, so I'm going to say it's four grand. Mm. Oh come on, Richard! What? It's 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 two grand. Oh, it's Bargain. two grand. Oh, it's still a lot of money, isn't it? 
Yeah, for a sunroof. I mean, okay. How much is the RS Sport exhaust system? Bearing in mind that's oh, an option, well, and it is an RS six, so it should just have a sport exhaust system. I think. Yeah. Is it um, an Akrapovich or something like that? No, I is don't it think it's an titanium. It's not acrobatic, and it's acrobatic. No, it's, it's not an acrobatic <laughs> an exhaust, system. exhaust system. Um, <laughs> I I'm going to say that is like eight grand. No, you're just ruining this game. You're just overpricing what? it. It's fourteen hundred and fifty quid. It's well, how am I quid. ruining the game? You're asking me to guess, and I'm guessing, and I'm, oh, I'm guessing badly, over, as it turns out. This is all quite fourteen hundred pounds for the exhaust system seems quite cheap because I'm sure when you have that. Um, okay, on the road price for the RS6 Avant TFSI yeah. Quattro Carbon Black Edition Tiptronic in Nardo Grey. How much? <laughs> With the options that that car's got on it, with the options of this car, which it doesn't okay. actually have that many, to to be oh. honest. All right, I'm going to say, I'm going to go down a bit. I'm going to say 115 grand. Oh, you're so close. Well done. 112. Really? 112. Oh, three grand out. You that's, are, yeah. But that's a lot of money, all the same for a, a nice estate car. But you know, sort of, they feel like what should they be? I don't know. But not, you know the, the, the six I, figures. I think the reason why I, I, I started this conversation uh, was because people always go, "Oh, electric cars cost so much more." But hang on a minute, look at the technology in that RS e-tron GT, and look at the technology in the RS6. Now, the RS6 has a lot. It, I know as an engine, it's quite an advanced engine, but it's all stuff that's been kicking around for quite some time. Mm. The, and if you take, if you shave off some of those lunatic um, options. They're almost the same price, really. And hang on a minute, one of them's been around for, for ages, tech-wise, and the other one is like, honestly, when you drive them back-to-back, -back, the RS6 feels so clunky and so, I don't know, mechanical, but not in, a, not in an exciting way, just in a sort of inconvenient way. Yeah. Like, the start-stop pisses me off so much, and I haven't been pissed off by start-stop for ages. It's just that particular one just annoys me. Yeah. On full lock, you feel all the diffs kind of clicking and not quite understanding you. It doesn't. Really? I, I, yeah, I put it. I put it in dynamic mode and did a few launch controls, and it was like this feels half the speed of the RS e-tron GT. Honestly, I was just left going, "Hang on a minute! I wanted to have my ass torn out by this car, and the RS e-tron did that. That is rapid, and it's it's good. But despite the fact they both look incredible, they don't fit on UK roads. Oh, they just what? don't. Too wide. We're okay, about six meters wide. It's ludicrous. Uh, and um, I think you know that you've got to go back to this whole fit for purpose thing. If I want to drive like a CNX Tuesday now and again on a quiet road, it's simply too wide. It's just too wide. So on that side of things, not massively useful. <laughs> on the left hand side of things. Yeah, on the left hand um, side of things. Fit for purpose. I always is one of those expressions where I hear it in my brain as fit for porpoise, and always well, imagine. Uh, <laughs> a sort of aquatic mammal at the wheel of a car or using some scissors or whatever the context might be. Um, I'll just uh, look this up well, on the Audi website. So the e-tron GT non-RS starts at 81,200. Yes. The RS is £12,250. So it is about the price of that RS6 with some options. They're not that far off. That's what I mean. Me <laughs> which means that that RS e-tron GT that you had had 20, over 20 grand's worth of options on it. That's lunacy. Shit. I mean, it looked amazing. It did look amazing. The wheels were right. The carbon roof looked good. 
it just looked fantastic and 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 the the boys that are my my son and his mates who I had to take to the skate park and the campsite I mean they were all over it they just thought it was mm. insane and it what it, it did feel exciting and new has it got has it got room in this inside is it is it spacious it's like someone that's got very wide shoulders but has quite a small head on those shoulders and you're sitting <laughs> in the head and you're aware <laughs> of the fact Rick Waller Yes, a bit like that, yes. So what I would say is you, when you climb down into it, and it is a bloody low car, obviously it's a sports car, really. So you, you are aware of the fact that the, the cabin is compromised. Legroom's fine, sort of headroom. It just feels a little bit cramped and dark. But I like the seating position, and I think it's really exciting. I just think it's a far superior car to the RS6, and I never thought I would say that but having driven them straight away got out of one got into the other you you really notice the fact that the rs6 doesn't feel as much of a weapon as i thought it would hmm. on I, I just think it's if they don't make an avant version of the e-tron gt then they are missing a massive audi uh, unique selling point usp hmm. because everyone loves a fast long roof audi do they not well, and, I mean, and going at both you, ends. Um, you, yes, but do they actually buy them, or mm-hmm. is this sort of car journalists? I like this, therefore they should make it, which I think we're all guilty of sometimes. And you just go, ah, oh, stop it! Do this. And, stop you know, like American it. car journalists were sort of obsessed for years with with why why VW wouldn't sell them diesel estate cars, and I always wanted to go, guys, we have diesel estate cars here. Trust me, you're not missing anything. <laughs> Well, you miss what you, you miss what you can't have, don't you? Well, it's true. Yes, exactly. I think we've mentioned this before. It's like yeah, we always sort of go, "Oh, I'd love more things with V8s." And you go, "Yeah, but there's a lot of American V8s are a little bit dog shit, aren't they?" So let's not let's not be too. Well, sad. I'd like to have a V8 with less power than a really highly strong yeah, four exactly. cylinder. How is it? Four point six, and how much power? One hundred and twenty-four horsepower. <laughs> wow, great. <laughs> um, Oh, so, you talk about anyway. poor I keep talking about narwhals just because I, I sometimes have a dream where I'm convinced they're not real, that they're a unicorn-like <laughs> creature. <laughs> and then I have to get, I have to wake up and look it up and go, no, no, they're real. They exist, don't they? Narwhals exist. They're not like an extinct animal, like a woolly mammoth. And they're not like a unicorn, which never existed. They're real. Can we clarify well, this? Just this is all in the same spectrum of things where, I mean, we're very lucky we live in an age where very quickly you can look things up. Oh, it's yeah. a luxury that our parents didn't have back in the day. Because I have that with all sorts of stuff. I'm not, I mean, I'm pretty solid on narwhals. I, I, I think they do exist. <laughs> You're quite I solid. I will check. But You're solid on narwhals? I'm pretty solid on narwhals, the crazy pointy-headed twats that they are. But the um, it's stuff when... It's like the other day, I someone said, oh, you know, and when Gary Rhodes died, and I was like, Gary Rhodes? When did Gary... Oh, Gary oh, Rhodes totally, did you know, you die. Forget. He did die. He did die, totally yeah. Totally forgot about that. And here's yeah. one, actually, which is, since we've sort of talking about cars for once, I had to write something about a Renault, and I was thinking, now, what's the Renault range in Britain? Clio, yes. Megane, Yes. Espace they got rid of in Britain years ago, went onto the yes. Renault France website to double-check it's still there. It is. You can still buy an Espace in Britain. It's that, that one that we never got here. That's quite a handsome thing. Oh, nice. Laguna. Laguna, not available in Britain, but not available in France. But they do have the Talisman, which is a sort of medium-sized saloon thing that I've we've never it. had here. I've driven a Talisman. Have you? Yeah, yeah I have, yeah. How, how have you driven a Talisman? 
in France. Oh. Yeah, what? it's in France. On official business or like a hire car? No, it was official buzznus. Yes, buzznus. It, <laughs> it was. But it was actually it really, really cool. I liked it. Try this one on for size. The Scenic, the Renault Scenic. Yeah. Okay. Do they still sell that in this country? Oh, do they still sell the Scenic? Um, remind me, it's smaller than the Espace. And um, was it used to be badged the Megan Scenic, or was that a it different? It did, yeah. And then okay. I think they spun it off to a separate to model. a Scenic. But they oh, I'm used to say, be everywhere, didn't they? Lots of people had Scenics. They did, and actually, a really good second-hand car. Just it's just that they're not cool, so therefore everyone runs away from them. But um, are they though? Because I, I think, think they're a bit flaky, weren't they? I don't know. I'm, I, I'm quite happy to be flaky these days. Um, I don't know. If it allows me to daydream about narwhals not necessarily <laughs> good, existing in the real Good excuse world. for not doing things. Sorry I couldn't make it to your birthday party, but I've got a McGann Scenic and it's not working. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect for that. I'd love that. Anyway, um, I will tell you, they, they don't yes. sell the Renault Scenic in Britain anymore. Oh, bollocks. I thought I was going to be a But they do they still do. sell it in France. But in yeah, this country... I, absolutely. I, I was quite shocked at this because I was like, that, that Scenic used to sell quite well. I feel like there were Scenics everywhere. And no, they've just deleted it. I think that the, the tide turning from people carriers to mm. SUVs was a quick mm. tide. Suddenly, yes, because uh, w- w- what's the term for people carriers? The, the, um, MPVs. MPVs. It, the, the, that, and, I, and, I, and I remember, I kind of regret... Um, being harsh on some of them at the time and I think I put that down to the age I was when I was reviewing or sort of digesting some of those cars Mm. I didn't I didn't have a family and I think this is why sometimes you shouldn't listen to experts in inverted commas because I didn't have a family so I didn't know all of the unsung practicalities of those kinds of cars and now that they're gone I bloody miss them it's a bit like going out and killing all the beavers and then realizing suddenly that if you were to lick a beaver's face it would stop you from ever having cancer what? and then going what's well, the same it's a similar and you go oh, no, I wish I hadn't killed them all because it's really useful who's killing them all what beavers yeah well I just said if I well I just say if I had well we nearly we killed all the beavers in this country didn't we did we yeah, that's why they were extinct, and then we had to reintroduce them. That's why there's a bit of a fight at the moment. We have started to very carefully reintroduce beavers. Have we? Yeah, we have. I'm pretty sure. Well, you're making, know, making me... Beavers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're the man all. who's not sure if narwhals exist, so forgive me for being no. slightly sceptical <laughs> no, listen, about I'm, your natural listen, history knowledge. Listen, you blimmin' scrotal lesion. Hang on, I'm just going to look it up. You do beavers. that, what I was going to say. I'm going to look up beavers in Britain on my on my desktop. Beavers yeah, I'd, I'd make sure your safe search settings beavers are sort of middle. Beavers in Britain. Um, oh, here we go. I, Gu- guide to Britain's beavers. This is great. Um, guide Where to Britain's beavers. Oh, here we go. Listen, we go. I'm not talking bobbins. After okay. becoming extinct 400 years ago, beavers oh. have returned to Britain's rivers. Mm-hmm. While some have been introduced, other origins are less clear and not all welcomed by local people or landowners. This is the country file guide to the history of British beavers, their reintroduction and best places to see them. Okay, here we go. Where are uh, the best places <clears throat> to see them? Best places, uh, there's there's beavers. Canada, no, Western Scotland um, Uh is is probably um, uh, one of the main parts of beaver spotting. Mm -hmm. Um, How big are Eurasian beavers? The size of a Labrador. (laughs) 
says Peter Burgess, <laughs> conservation manager for Devon Wildlife Trust. Oh, this Size is great. Of a this, dinosaur. This is great. Shit, run. It says in, in, in speech marks, the size of a Labrador, well, at least a Cocker Spaniel, says Peter Burgess, <laughs> conservation <laughs> manager for Devon, Devon Wildlife Trust. They can be up to one metre long with a 50 centimetre tail and they can weigh up to 30 kilos. That's just, how big are they? Oh, or at least the size of an elephant. No, wait, sorry, not an elephant. I meant a guinea pig. <laughs> oh, when did beavers become extinct? Beavers were once native to the UK, but they were hunted to extinction as recently as 300 years ago. They were hunted as vermin for their fur oh, and also oh. for their meat, which was apparently highly prized. <laughs> the be- beaver, beaver meat? Beaver meat? I'd love a beaver burger. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't it- what, hang on, don't they eat fish? Yes, that's why they dam and then they catch them because they're clever like that. But the damming annoys landowners because it can sure, flood. Yeah, it does. And, and but surely so the their bi- meat would taste revolting because it's the same reason we don't eat seagulls, isn't it? Because they're just their fish-based diet makes their meat rather sort of. Yeah, is that right? I, don't know. I don't know, but then we, maybe we weren't so fussy back then. We didn't have Pret-a-Manger and all that shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have some, some <laughs> beaver sashimi for lunch today. That's a beaver sashimi. The, beaver the, sashimi. The, the, Hi, I'm beaver sashimi. <laughs> Coming up on NBC News. I'm getting into um, this now. The beaver was last seen in the world in Britain in the 16th century after being heavily hunted for its pelt. They all They had all but died out across Europe by the 18th century. Do beavers eat fish? No, they don't. They eat vegetation, including leaves, roots, shoots, and stems of waterside vegetation. And what are the silly pricks damming the rivers for then? I mean, that's just oh, I know. They fell the trees to get to the tender foliage at the top of the tree. Oh my gosh, that's so much work for some little shoots. Learn to climb, for fuck's sake! I mean, the squirrels can manage it. So apparently. yeah, apparently beavers, uh, best place to see beavers, Scotland and Devon. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... I'm yeah, if you'd asked, I would have guessed West Country, but for no real reason except there's quite a lot of rivers down there, maybe. I don't know. There's a small a population on the River Otter in East Devon. That's confusing, calling a river yeah. an otter and looking for beavers. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think we'd be talking about beavers today. Uh, why do beavers build dams? They build dams over one metre high using the tree trunks that they fell um, to create deep pools as refuges, as well as to make it easier oh. to get around. What? What? They also use deep water as a refrigerator to store the food over winter. 
they tend to build the dams in in the smaller upper tributaries of a river uh-huh. i'm learning so much about beaver wow <clears throat> and all this from the renault scenic who would have thought it you see exactly so so we, we go back to uh, what i'm saying is you, i didn't miss the mpv and i didn't fully understand it until it was extinct and it's it's sort of on the brink of extinction in britain although there is still some brilliant cars like is it the 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 um the rifter the peugeot rifter <laughs> but that which is great <laughs> why are you laughing that's not funny that's the because name of I, it when they announced that car is it we're calling it the rifter and i was convinced that rifter was like a glaswegian word for twat and <laughs> and i asked a scottish mate of mine he went no but i see what you mean and it's is it and, a close it's it's close it's to just, a, to a it sweat, just sounds like, oh, yeah, fucking rafter, what are you doing? And I just can't <laughs> get past that. Yeah, it just, it sounds that. like it should be a, a rude word in Scotland. Um, also, that's a van, though, isn't it? That's, a, that's just a converted van. But that's what all the best MPVs are. Mm. Because now, don't forget, vans are so good now. Vans 15 yes. years ago are nothing like vans now. No, no, I mean, look, I'm not dissing the, the, the car-based, you know, the van-based car, because the Citroen Berlingo the original one was ace and yes the ford tourniquet <laughs> connect <laughs> yeah, the up. ford yes please i've just struck my my, my jugular vein with a chainsaw can you just pass me a tea yeah. towel can you bring me your ford tourniquet please um that was quite good as well and but then i don't know uh, it's a case-by-case basis but your bespoke mpv i just checked and the ford galaxy and uh S Max, they're still on sale. Yeah, they are. How long, I wonder? Well, can we start buying them again? Um, just on the basis of how useless so many SUVs are, I just think people should have a go. Also, Peugeot sells something called the Traveller, which is probably a controversial name um, with some interesting connotations. Mm. Um, and they do an electric one called the E Traveller, which again might be a little bit weird to say. What 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 car do you drive? Oh, I drive an E Traveller. Uh, it just makes it sound like somebody that's off their face um, with no fixed abode. <laughs> <laughs> just just rides the public transport networks of Britain. Yeah, what are you doing, dancing, mate? Well, Dancing to the little beep that happens when the doors close on a train. Yeah, well, mate, I've got an old builder's van that I put a wood burner in the back of. And uh, to be honest, the next couple of days, I'm just going to be licking trees, really, and dancing at the moon. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, anyway, um, I'm trying to think of other bespoke mpvs that still exist because that's it renault renault does still make the scenic and sell it in france but they don't they don't they've deleted it here because clearly people just want suvs and they've got that um well they've got the todger and the radger and the all of those ones that they make <laughs> the todger um, i really called? Uh... the cadger Oh, Kajar, yeah. I, could, I remember reviewing it for Fifth Gear and I had to do about 30 retakes because I just couldn't say the name. You know, when you, <laughs> you, you know how to say it in your head, but your mouth can't do it. And I kept yes. wanting to say the wrong thing. And in the end, I just put my head in my hands like, I just can't say the name of this car I'm reviewing. This is bullshit. Um, I'm a <laughs> complete... <is> <laughs> 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 More car reviews should end like that. Yeah, well, uh, I uh, yeah, it was, probably wasn't my finest television hour uh, on... But um, yeah, so I think bring back the bring back the MPV. Really, um, it's it. Otherwise, it's it's almost a beaver. Yeah, uh, and we should reintroduce it to Britain like the beaver. Holy shit! What? I've just remembered something. What? The the thing that I forgot to bring up on the podcast last week, which was 
arguably the most significant thing I discovered at that James Bond premiere. Yeah. Um, in in terms of its relevance to uh, this podcast and things that we discuss. And it's this. One of the second unit directors for No Time to Die yeah. also directed some extra filming that they did with those stunt defenders. So if you see the Land Rover advert for the defender that's got all of the Bond footage in it, which is... The 007... Is it the 007 edition? It does mention that at the end, yeah, yeah. but the cars that are in it are all the, the, the stunty ones from the um, from the movie, which uh, someone pointed out to me on socials and i should have said when we filmed with that car and i said oh it's like this is uh, identical to the ones in the film uh, not entirely true because we filmed with a diesel and the, the stunt cars in the movie were all the p400 petrols oh, okay okay just a tiny yep. detail but this is not uh, what i'm bringing up uh what i was gonna <laughs> say first of all at the end of that land rover advert a defender sort of does a kind of like jump that turns into a roll roll through a hedge the way that the, yeah the way the a-team always used to crash cars Lands on its wheels and then drives off. And that's not from the movie. And it wasn't even a deleted bit from the movie. They specially shot that later at Land Rover's test track at Fen End. Um, because they really wanted a roll where it landed on its wheels and drove off. Knowing that they were confident it could do it. Yeah. And the movie people said, oh, well, we never got it to land on its wheels. When they rolled, they tended to stay turned turtle. And so they took one of the stunt cars to Fen End with the second unit director from the movie and got him to film this. And apparently they did it over and over again and it wouldn't land on its wheels. It would land on its roof and on its side. And then the last shot of the day, they gave it one last go. How many cars did, did they use? One car, apparently. They just kept what? rolling it over. If you look did at they? it, it is quite dinged up. Oh, is yeah. it? I didn't notice because you thought, no, when you roll something, you pretty much you gouge all the roof in. But yeah, well, I think they've got roll cages, but even so, I don't know how much there was sort of people lying on the seats with their feet stamping the roof back into shape. But <laughs> and they um, just got a load of filler and just spatched yeah. it. On. Well, it happened to a, a guy I was at school with. He, he turned his mini onto its roof, old school mini, and they, with the help of a farmer, they got it back on its wheels. And the domed roof on the mini was all popped in, so they just got inside and kicked it. They it just back out kicked again. it. Oh yeah. man! And then and they sort of polished all the scuffs out, and his dad never found out. His dad um, never found out. His apparently dad never, not. No, his, his dad must have never looked at the car. Well, yeah. <laughs> just only ever parted outside when it's dark. Um, so yeah. Anyway, they did that. Uh, they did that th- that that bit of the end of the the Land Rover with one of the second unit directors from the actual film and because you can hear them on the walkie-talkie can't you yeah it says okay let's do that again or something yeah like that. well they, that's the thing so they, they you know they sort of spoofed it up so that it all seems like it's from the film to match in with the other footage but the reason i bring this up is that that director who did stuff for the movie and did the extra shots for the land rover adverts yeah. is the man about whom sade wrote smooth operator piss off that's piss right told. off Get That's away. what I was told by a very senior person from Land Rover. And he mentioned it so casually. <laughs> and then I think was surprised at my reaction, which was one of shouting what in quite a busy bar. Hang on. And, uh, so so Sade sung the song Smooth Operator because of this guy. 
who this happens guy, to be a stunt coordinator to, for, for He's cars. a director. He's a second unit director, and he's South American. I can't remember which country I was told he's from. But in the 80s, he dated Sade. Oh, my and gosh. she wrote that song about him. That's oh, the claim. I want to know. I cannot verify it. I did try and Google well. it to see if I could find out any more. There's nothing online... But, Sade, if you're listening in your RX-8 and you'd like to confirm it, <laughs> drop us a note, hello at smithandsniff.com. Um, we've got it. We've get, we're going to have to make a video where we go, we, we, we pop to Sade's to deliver us we'll some rotary Sade oil. Sade hunting, yeah. Yeah. Well, well um, that's an amazing... I don't know if I can top that for, for bloody it's, trivia, I can't Richard. believe I forgot it last week. And... Um, because uh, well, cause obviously we had a bit of a late night before we recorded the podcast, and it, we it did. sort of slipped my mind, and then I realised I'd... Um, you, you had voiceover throat, didn't you, the next morning? Jesus, yes. You really did. Um, so anyway, and you that was, keep, yeah. you keep making me laugh with that blimmin' photoshopped Daniel Craig skiffle uh, poster, which does make me laugh. Oh, oh yes. It's oh, very was, good. Do you know what? That was after we recorded the podcast on Wednesday morning, um, after the premiere... Um, you did some was, work avoidance, didn't you? Yeah, a massive work <laughs> avoidance. Brain not functioning in any meaningful way, and the only creative thing I, I managed to do all afternoon was Photoshop a washboard under Daniel Craig's arm on a poster, <laughs> and then change guy. the word skyfall to the word skiffle. Skiffle, which I put on Twitter last week, didn't I? So people should have seen that. No, um, but I have spent. Ever since we started talking about that, I have spent just walking around the house going, with the skiffle. I'd quite like it if... I can't stop singing that song, as we established last week, but I think if, if in my head, um, Adele... I'd like Adele to go, da skiffle and a tumble and a da 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 all together off of skyfall. I wanted to just say off of skyfall, just sort of as a throwaway, you know, at the end of the big emotional... <laughs> You know, because she said everything about Skyfall. Oh, yeah, there's this about Skyfall. Oh, yeah, there's that about Skyfall. Just go, oh, yeah, off of Skyfall. What, what, just a quick recap at the end. (laughs) Just go, yeah, off of Skyfall. (laughs) Yeah. Because when people say, I know off of has become one of those sort of ticks that people have. Even my my brother's saying it all the time. Like my my brother would say things like, uh, "Oh yeah, Gary Rhodes off of death," and I go, "What what does that mean?" He'd just go, "Oh yeah, Gary Rhodes died." I go, "Yeah, that's just a weird way of putting it." He's just trying to be down with the kids. My brother doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, so he won't know about that. <laughs> well, um, he, he mocks me for listening to um for, to to the radio stations that I frequently listen to and and he listens to radio 4 so I'm Does he? Yeah, he does, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it's 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 just like, deeply boring apart from that. It's fine. But yeah. isn't he also he's spending all his days like underneath cars or head deep in an engine bay and things and yeah, doing he is, his, yeah. his his vintage car, car stuff. stuff. <laughs> isn't it? Is he, how how loud does he have Radio Four to be able to pick up the spoken word? It's louder than I would like, especially when yeah. it's because sort of it's the monotonous drone of it. It's not exactly flamboyant chat, and I find that personally a little bit irritating. Uh, I'm saying this as someone who's making a podcast, and probably people go, "Yeah, actually, mate, you've got a rubbish voice. And you're not very interesting either." Well, no, maybe I'm not, but uh, anyway, 
<laughs> nobody's paying. Nobody's pot paying me to say the this. So. Twat, it? <laughs> exactly. Pot, pot kettle twat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new favourite term. Yeah, go on, pot kettle twat. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> now on ITV1, pot kettle twat. <laughs> it's the new game show uh, by Stephen Ahern or whatever his name yes. is. Yes, I was going to say, I was going to say Ben, what's his name? Vogel. Who's that guy? Is, is it? No, he's... Oh, what's no, the bloke from anyway? DIY SOS. Um, no. Nick Knowles? <laughs> Nick Knowles. No, you see, I'm not giving that project to Nick Knowles because I'm keeping him for the other idea I've had, which is Knowles House Party. Oh, stop it. You're bringing um, it back, and then Noel Edmonds will Skype in and sh- just troll him. <laughs> from New he's, Zealand. He'll patch. He'll be patched in on a, on a Skype call and go, you can't do it. You can't do it. You're definitely not having blobby. It's a piss off. <laughs> You'll be hearing from my lawyers, and, yeah. and Noel's just slams the lap shot, laptop shut. Yeah. And, and if you turn up in a someone. Ford GT40 replica that's been crafted out of an MX-5, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll, I'll come over and I'll cut you. <laughs> That's an uncanny impression of how I imagine Noel Edmonds conducts himself when faced with GT40 replicas. And Noel's just goes to him and goes, well, look, you're in New Zealand now and it's really complicated to fly home. So here we are with another terribly uh, terrible selection of replica GT40s. <laughs> <laughs> made out of, this one's made out of a Hyundai Sonata. This one over here is made out of a... <laughs> This one's just a pile of boxes. And, uh, and Edmonds is driven puce with rage down the Zoom line. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we've painted this one pink with just silly yellow circles on it. I wonder what that's all about, eh? Raise the eyebrow to yeah. camera. Go on, come over here and get me then. But you live in New Zealand. Good luck getting back into the country. Exactly. P.S. I'm throwing loads of negative energy out there. All about yeah. four GT40s. <laughs> Love you, Noel. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Noel! <laughs> he shouts, beard a quiver. Knowles um, versus Noel. <laughs> It'd just be brilliant, wouldn't it? Uh, so, one of you helps uh, you with your extension, the other one just just dry slaps you if you talk about negative energy. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, I know, I know. Uh, you, you you've apologised for not mentioning the thing that you were you, you were supposed to mention last week. I was supposed to mention a letter from a listener involving um, exploding drinks in cars. Do you remember we oh, talked yes. about fermenting we, we, drinks? Yeah, um, we disasters. sort of teased this two weeks ago, didn't we? I like this story. I think it's quite funny. So this is from a, a, a listener called ha- Henry Peacock. And Henry, in his in his email to the old Smith & Stiff address, um, is titled Exploding Smoothie Disaster. Dear Otsot, episode 75. Really enjoyed the piece about the explode. I'm reading this. This is, this is what he said. I love that, dear Otzot, like some sort of agony uncle. Yeah, this is our name now. Uncle Otzot. <laughs> uncle Otzot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear Uncle Otzot, episode 75, enjoyed the piece about the exploding orange carton. I too have had a fruit drink related disaster which nearly killed me. Back when I was at university. <laughs> Back when I was at university, I used to spend my summers working on a farm in Lincolnshire and had a 40-minute drive to and from my parents' house for work. 
My 2003 Fiesta ZTEC 1.43 door, good detail, thanks for that, mm, was always yeah. at maximum attack on the smallest of country roads. And I used to pride myself at not ever using the brakes until I pulled into the driveway to come to a standstill. <laughs> My gosh, he's gone to the Tiff Nadell School of Brake Avoidance. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a reason why Tiff Nadell was never sponsored by a brake company. Cos never used. Um, I would take my packed lunch each day and I decided to take an entire, in brackets, large carton of innocent smoothie from the fridge and set off on my merry way representative image below. I'm just going to... Okay, so he's attached to the email just a picture of a smoothie carton and a picture of his Fiesta Z-Tech. Okay, right. So I decided to take the entire carton of, of Innocent Smoothie, set off on my merry way. This carton then proceeded to be left in the car for several days in the passenger footwell in what was a very warm summer of 2009, with the black car being in direct sunlight day after day. So there I am, heading home along my normal country roads in maximum attack mode, hitting every apex, playing New York City cops by the strokes at full volume, rolling a cigarette with one hand. Life was fantastic. I don't want to recommend anyone does that, although the the song is good. Not sure about the rolling with one hand. And then it happened. What I can only describe was a bomb going off. The explosion was so severe, um, with pressurised liquid, had exited the vertically positioned carton out through the top and fired across the entirety of the inside of the windscreen all over the headlining of the vehicle, covering me and everything, and I mean absolutely everything, um, with liquid. I had no forward visibility of any kind. (laughs) (laughs) Travelling at speeds Ari Vattenham would be envious of created a little problem. Quick thinking and electric windows, standard on the ZTEC, meant I could get one down and stick my head out and guide the vehicle away from oncoming grain lorries and to a safe stop by the side of the road. Gathering myself, I realised I had nothing to wipe the inside of the window down apart from my own T-shirt. So I arrived home, topless, covered in fermented banana and strawberry smoothie. He sounded like a B-side Chippendale. Every surface, switch and piece of fabric inside the Fiesta had been covered. I spent three hours cleaning the car, but the sweet, sickly smell never quite left the vehicle. I ended up handing the car off to my mum, and in 2014, after several years of loyal service slash abuse and 150,000 miles, it finally decided enough was enough and the car committed suicide. I love this oh. pod and I love the Late Break Show live in Leicestershire. Please keep up the good work. Best, Henry, in brackets, not the actual carton of smoothie, just a representative <laughs> image of the actual one that went off in my car. There we go. So, oh, listen, the stickiness. Really, oh, can you imagine that smell? Jesus. And just the fact that he ended up coming home topless, covered in <laughs> banana and strawberry, icky, sticky solution. Oh, man. <clears throat> I hate it's like when massage oil sticky. gone wrong. That just makes me feel a bit queasy thinking about it. You'd be finding that for ages afterwards, wouldn't you? You'd think you'd got it all and then you'd touch something in the car and it would be... Gummy. Especially if it's one of those switches where it's one press to go in and then one press to go back out again. You know, like a rear, yeah. a rear, a heated rear uh, window button. I'm going to say yes. one of those. If you get a little bit of smoothie or some of the sticky liquid in there, I mean, you're doomed. You're doomed, aren't you? you that's a thousand cotton buds um, to just sort the dash out. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't buy cotton buds of- for my ears. I buy them for for doing things like that anyway. But 
Yeah, I'm just amazed that that's that sort of perilously close to writing off the car from just stickiness. But yeah, it probably is actually. Um, probably is. Since we're sort of um, going to run out of time, but but since we, you're doing reading out a um, message from a listener that, yeah. that stitches back to something we previously mentioned, I had flagged this one from a listener called Jonathan Golby about another message we had from a different listener about teenagers driving cars into car auction halls auctions, oh really I say yeah so Jonathan says hello gentlemen I was listening to this week's offering while driving to work when you read out an email from another listener talking about Lempster car auctions this brought back all sorts of fond and ridiculous memories from the early 2000s me and my Lempster. three mates Lempster Leo Minster Leo Minster uh, Jonathan says, me and my three mates, Nick, Jason and Richard, were lucky enough to be four of the teenagers employed on a Thursday night to drive the cars through the ring. At 17 years old and car fanatics, this was a dream. Our evening would start meeting in Hereford City before driving ourselves individually to the auction. Really, it was an excuse to have a race across a terrific back road. <laughs> <laughs> Nick in his Mini, Jason his SR Nova, Richard in his Diesel Cavalier, me and my one litre Citroen AX, which had been upgraded to a five-speed. Nice. Oh, anyway, I remember doing after that. this warm-up race, we would happily spend three hours driving cars around the ring. The, car, the drivers were organised by a legend of a man named Dino, who at the end of the night would supply us all with chips and let us twat around in the compound with any cars we liked the look of after the auction had closed. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. The reason Gino? for writing... Dino? Dino was not, not, not running a tight ship there, but um, the reason for writing was to tell you about one of the auction regulars, Colin, or Leg, as we would call him. Colin was a typical used car dealer who would attend the auction week in, week out. A good-looking blonde man with a stereotypical sheepskin coat. No, really? As you would approach the auction hall and join the queue, you would be surrounded by interested buyers asking you to pop the bonnet or rev her up. Unless it was Colin. Colin would take things a weird step further, leaning into the car and squeezing your leg while shouting, Leg! 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 With the hope that your foot would slip off the clutch and you would do some damage. (laughs) What? Reflecting now as a 37-year-old, you would question the motives of Colin. However, it became a great source of entertainment for the four of us as we would race back to the nag's head for last orders to compare scores of who had been legged the most. Cheers, Jonathan. My so, gosh, wow. Really nice. So someone mentions teenagers at Lempster Car Auctions and we have one of the actual teenagers gets in touch and it turns out there was some sort of slightly weird behaviour going on with car oh, traders there. But yeah, Don't you just love true. human behaviour? Don't you? It's just it's endlessly fascinating. I feel that we're going we're gonna to hear more from auction, <laughs> auction experiences. <laughs> uh, Did you get someone... You said auction last week and somebody... Uh, said it's is it David it's David Dickinson David says, Dick, it is is David that where Dickinson. you got it from well because I think David Dickinson is from sort of he's from the same neck of the woods as my dad so I think he does say auction in the same way and my dad doesn't know that he says it I don't think until you pull him up on it but I think it did tickle somebody didn't it who um <laughs> who heard the podcast and said I love the way you said auction I had a bit of a coffee through the nose situation <laughs> but David Dickinson is from my neck of the woods he's from he's from Cheshire oh okay so so he's Cheshire my dad's Leicestershire and they do say it uh, in Leicestershire so maybe it's just that side maybe it's just the mid east <laughs> west midlands northwest 
regions. Yeah, but maybe we do a poll, but, listener but poll. But Leicestershire's East Midlands. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. They're in the too. Middle. They're too. They're, they're too separated to be unless there's a whole sort of strip of auction across the country my gosh imagine if there is there's a there's a vein you know like a a sort of a rock strata of yes o- auction like a, related like a, a seam a seam of coal there is a seam there's a seam of people who say auction auction or maybe not maybe it's just a i don't know and and it's like also, i could never figure out why my dad used to say tooth instead, instead of tooth uh, oh, yeah, but then I realised I think it's because he grew up for a lot of his life in North Wales, and I think it might be a sort of North Walian thing because I used to know someone from Mid Wales who said Tuth. Tuth. Um, you've just reminded me of I saw an advert for Armani Code the other night on television because you know it's, I suppose it's it's not getting near Christmas, but the the, the, <laughs> per, the perfume the Daft perfume ads start to come on, and I do think you and I should do one at some point. However. What I thought was amusing because every time I see Armani Code, I think of, <laughs> I think of broad West Country people when they say the word cold, they always say oh uh, yeah code. So yeah. is it Armani Cold by <laughs> by someone that's just very Devonian? <laughs> yeah. well, so do you always infer from that that there's also an Armani Hot? Yes, I think boiling. it should be. It should be Armani, Armani Boiling. Yeah, it should. You can imagine it. Be. <clears throat> I'm just going to clear my throat. I'm going to try and do this. <clears> throat> Armani code. <laughs> That's what it would be. <laughs> it, just be no, it, it would be followed by Armani thermostat, the new shaving balm from the well-known Italian style house. I also think, and made me also realise that the Armani logo is shit. It just looks horrible. I can't stand it. It, it is a bit. It needs a cack, new logo. It? it just looks really. It looks like a knockoff of itself. I just think it's rubbish. Yeah, anyway, it does look it does look cheap. No offence so. to Armani, but I think the logo needs work. Yeah, sort yeah I'm sure they'd out. say the same to everything that I've ever been involved with. So. <laughs> and I know well, which... if you're um, if you work for the Armani Corporation of Italy and you have any feedback on the Smith and Sniff logo, then um, please do <laughs> get in touch. Hello at smithandsniff.com. Um, we uh, should probably we're going to slip this, this one, one into park. Slip it and, into and park. Pull up the electric handbrake. Yeah, which might fail and then get out yes um, but um, well before we do that let's. I have three things to tell you and they are that uh, firstly Jono has a solo YouTube channel called The Late Break Show which has many excellent videos on it and also just announced last week Late Break Show Live the third show yeah is in Manchester Manchester the Manchester tour yeah it's at well, for people like me who grew up in the northwest, it's what we'd still call the GMEX Centre. That's right. It's now called Manchester Central, isn't it? Which is what the station it's, it's built in used to be called. That's right. I think it's called the Central Convention Centre. That's it. So, but you can you, call it the GMEX. The artist. I'm just, known I can't as not call it the GMEX because when you said, "Oh, we're going to do it in Manchester Central," and I went, "What's that?" Oh, the GMEX. GMEX. Yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, Saturday the sixth of November, so less than a month away. Um, yeah, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. We're going to do the same things that we've been doing uh, at the previous two live shows, but indoors. 
which so, is sensible because it's getting into winter and it's Manchester and it will drizzle. <laughs> um, and uh, it really will. I can say that. I grew up there. It will drizzle probably. It, it, it's it will. It will. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just... Um, just if you're not from the area, do bring an umbrella. Yeah, and we're and we're going to have if come along, we're going to have uh, the Stone Roses, uh, Happy Mondays. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have A the farm. State, James. Yeah, they're all yeah. going to turn up, and it's going to be wonderful. Um, but no, uh, in all seriousness, tickets are on sale. It would be wonderful to see you. We're going to do what we did before, the, a live idle chat. Richard and I are going to do a live um, car based quiz. And um, we're going to try and gather together an eclectic mix of vehicles under a roof, which means mm. rain won't stop play. Uh, yeah, and it's quite stressful it's already. But I'm, ex- I'm excited. I am excited. I'm really we've excited. Well, it's sort of, I mean, against all odds, we've found a venue. We've managed to just put my wife yeah. has managed to pull it off. So that just sounds oh, wrong. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, I feel like it's it's sort of like a homecoming event for me because I grew up in the northwest and. Um, but also, and also, there used to be a motor show in the GMAX in the eighties. I remember going to the motor show there with my dad. So it really is. It's quite a, it's quite a, a nostalgic place to go and I do want a car to, event. For I me. want, yeah, I want to. I would like to dig up some archive images of that actually, just to sort of um, use them on social media on the run up to the event. Some eighties car show imagery. Everyone loves a bit of that, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, I mean, I'm, I was going to say maybe I would have some photos, but I think they're long gone. Um, because I don't know, uh, they I were bet, all I taken on a one ten camera, and they were out of focus and too dark. So um, <laughs> because that's what one ten cameras thank, did. Thank you for the detail. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, the second thing that I have to tell you is that I have various books out. One of them is called a medium sized book of boring car trivia. But you know that by now because I mention it every frigging week, pretty much. And the third thing I just have to tell you, which is sort of pertinent to what we we're just talking about with Late Break Live, is that in some countries in Europe, corduroy is known as Manchester because that is where corduroy itself used to originate from when it was first developed in the uh, 19th century. Is that true? I didn't know it was known mm, as yeah, Manchester. Some, part, some, some parts of Scandinavia and Eastern Europe, um, people will say, oh, I've got a Manchester jacket, and they mean a corduroy jacket. I love that because the Madchester scene did resurrect corduroy um, as a sort of fashion yes. item from, from memory. I remember being particularly uh, into it. I think that was a bit... Was that not a bit later? I mean, Jarvis Cocker was... Very corduroy. And he was, I suppose yeah. there was a band called Corduroy, and all that sort of acid jazzy stuff kind of was quite cordy at times, wasn't it? I've I think got... Manchester was more your flares and paisley shirts originally, but. Do you know what? I've got two Corduroy albums, but we haven't got time to talk about that. All it, It's great music to Hold pop that on. Thought. If you uh, sort of got a car with a dodgy carburetor and you think you're in a slow car chase, it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> they did a song called Mini, didn't they? Yeah, and E Type. They've done loads of car-related tunes. Well, maybe book still them for, the, uh, for the live show. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to book Corduroy. Also, <laughs> JK, possibly without toilet issues. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, um, this, this, is, this has been us, and um, we'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, thank you ever so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And this is a podcast in which two of us talk about things and all that, and cars. <laughs> and shit. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 